Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Inside the Drinker Studio. I am Michelle and I am here with Ralph. Hey everybody. And we are at home base, the Black Orchid Lounge. And let me introduce our guest, Andrew Polk. Hello. Howdy. How's it going? Hey. And some people, some of you might know this guy because of his voice. He's now on the radio. I mean, I think I deserve getting paid to talk, even though some people might disagree. Yeah. <laughs> and he used to be on TV, giving us some news at KVIA Channel 7. Yep, did that for a few years, and I'm now doing some radio stuff, which you may hear as well. Yeah. Very cool. So, thank you for, for agreeing to do this. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Excited yeah. to be a, a part of something. Of course. You're, you're a part of something all the time. Something else. <laughs> <laughs> so how you doing, dude? I'm doing all right. I'm very excited to be asked to uh, do this because I've seen it, I've heard it, and it sounds cool and like something that I wanted to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And I was mostly surprised that you wanted me. Of course. You are on TV. And you have radio as well. Why wouldn't I? I mean, to be fair, there are a lot of people on TV. It's not a really high bar. <laughs> it's mostly convincing them that you won't swear, which I understand is not the fucking but you, problem but here. But you can swear here. Yeah. You can swear. Yes! You can swear. <laughs> yeah, so last time we were here, we were with Shelly, and we were yes. holding up trivia night. Yeah. <laughs> we had to bang. Like, give me think, more. Give me 10 minutes. I think I was there in the background of that one as yeah. well, yeah, being like, in. what is going on? <laughs> they are, happen again they are when really you're drunk here. over there. That sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. And then you and then you would ask me, so I knew it would be a good time. All righty. So before we actually get started and talking to you, let's pour what you brought. What are we going to do here? Okay. So sure if you want to call it that (laughs) so what i have requires a bit of explanation because everything i do does so what i have here is what i like to call a magothan as in the magothan home a historic site and state park that is uh, kind of it's downtown now used to be way the heck out of town outside Mm -hmm. of downtown um but it's really simple (laughs) in what it actually is in execution it is a mexican coca-cola very specifically mexican coke and jameson's irish whiskey and so you might think, oh, it's a, it's a specific version of a Jack and Coke. Right. Why do we care? But A, I think it tastes a lot better, and B, it mirrors a part of El Paso's very important early history. Okay. So the McGoffin family was a family of that was very vital to early El Paso's history. Um, you know, they some of them were the first mayors of El Paso. Okay. Some of them were also, <laughs> among other things, the ones that like uh, sold the land that Fort Bliss now stands on to the United States Army. Oh, really? So, I mean, Fort Bliss moved around a lot. It was in, like, at least three different locations in El Paso before the question was, okay, if we can't find a better location to suit our actual, like, needs, we mm. might have to move it out and find a better location. And so they sold the current location of Fort Bliss uh-huh. to the Army. Wow. Uh, so, the, so the fact that they did that, I mean, very important and influential. And so they had, you know, um, a little hacienda that got bigger over the generations. That is uh, one level... Adobe house that is now fairly large. Like, you wouldn't think, like, looking at it, it's an Adobe house. It's got, like, cladding on it. Anyway, very important, a social center for early El Paso mm-hmm. that is now just the city has just kind of grown around and is, it used to be way out there. It is pretty much central now. Okay. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And so, the reason I call this the McGoffin is that the McGoffin family were a bunch of Irish immigrants mixed with, you know, the local Mexicans in the area before this was, you know, the United States even. Mm. So, they were very influential. So, Irish Coke, Irish, Irish, it's not Mexican Irish Coke, Coke, Mexican Coke, Irish, Irish whiskey. whiskey, the McGoffin. And I think, right. it's a, I think it's a worthy drink because it's better than the sum of its parts. 
because well, you'll, as you'll see when we actually pour this, yeah. it actually is, you get a lot of the better flavors out of it than you do. So I guess let's, let's, let's do it. Let's, let's do, do it. that. Let's do it. Let's, let's just take a little video of you uh, doing this. So, so uh, the getaway I usually do this is just kind of drink it down to the label and then fill it back up and then okay. keep filling it back up with the Jamesons. But since we're being <laughs> fancy and we have glasses, we'll uh, we'll do it that way. All right. Leave enough room for a portion of the shot here. And just dump it on there. That's beautiful. Sure. So it's, that looks it's, good. A, it's like an Irish Jack and Coke. Yes. In a way. But it's... Yeah, but it's Jameson. I, I say it's better than that. that. That's my... That's my contention. That's also going to be really strong, I just realized. Because that's like a whole shot in there, it isn't is it? Yeah, <laughs> so enjoy that. Yeah. So, so, so then you, you pour it into so it. I probably should have done it that way. So let's do it that way with this one. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, wow. That looks beautiful. There we go. Yay. I wonder that one. Okay, Fafis, you're going to have to open your yep. own Coca-Cola. Maybe, arm, I don't have uh, flexor arms, so go for it. Okay, so... So that's gonna be let's that's gonna be really it. strong. Let's taste this. Let's taste Should be tasty. Ooh, can't wait. So I like this. Yeah, Andrew walked in. He was carrying a like a wooden yeah, six pack true. holder like a with like a carrier. yeah, and it's nice and it had three cokes in there. And I was like, okay, okay, what's happening? <laughs> oh yeah, because you had no idea. No, so I was like, are we doing rum? <laughs> Ralph has no idea. No, we have other plans. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, cheers. So, cheers, the McGoffin. Cheers, the McGoffin. Salud. All right. Let's see. Ooh. Yeah, that's strong. <laughs> oh, that is nice. That's really good. That is very nice. So, I prefer it over other mixes around it because, again, I think that uh, well, usually not, well, not quite this strong, but. The way it works out is that you have a bit of the uh, the vanilla mm. flavors really come out from both the oh. Coke and the whiskey a bit more than you would usually. Wow. Juan would really enjoy this. Mexican Coke. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This so. is... I, 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 I agree. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I agree. I will do this more. Yeah. Actually, yeah. <laughs> it is. I made a lot of people in Illinois where I went to college drink it. And they didn't get the history at all, but I was like, you know, drink it anyway, and they did. So <laughs> it, was, it was fine because it was still alcohol. All right. The MacGuffin. All right. The MacGuffin. Pour well, one out for El Paso. Exactly. Yep, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on, let's find out who is Andrew Polk. Oh, man, I hope I know. Well, I mean, you're him. Oh, really? Cool. <laughs> now you know. Now you know. Yeah, I mean, where, uh, you're from El Paso? I am from El Paso. Born uh, and raised? Uh, School. Raised, not no. born. I was actually born in Washington, D.C., oh. um, where my parents were working at the time. I was born at Georgetown University Hospital. Wow. Oh, fancy. Which I mentioned it's ironic because I didn't get admitted later. <laughs> A little okay. awkward there. Um, but yeah, my parents moved back. My dad was from here. Uh, went away in like the you know mid-70s doing broadcast stuff around D.C. Mm-hmm. We moved back um, just in time for me to enter third grade. Okay. Uh, went to, oddly enough, Polk Elementary. Ah. Oh, yeah. It goes with their last name. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is named after my grandfather. Oh, cool. It's in the family. Yep. Really? Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Haber, Haber G. Polk was my grandfather. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, who is that? Uh, he was an administrator in EPISD, um, you know, mid-century, and I guess a nice enough guy. Among other things, people who know this name, Paul Strelzen, Around ten, he gave Paul Strelzen one of his first teaching jobs. Paul okay. Strelzen, uh, now passed, but long time a uh, radio personality 
around town. Okay. Um, he also did the, when this was a thing, the, the Buzzards hockey game announcements. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I remember that. Yeah. Back in the day. Mm-hmm. That was a while ago. I actually had him as a substitute teacher a while after that as well. He okay. was He could never stop being a radio host, <laughs> even when teaching. Um, That's cool. So, yeah, went to Polk Elementary, graduated from Franklin High School in 2007, went out of state, way the hell out of state, to college. Mm-hmm. Um, Knox College in Galesburg, Illinois, which, middle of nowhere. Yeah, that is, like, not even close to Chicago. If you've ever taken a train to Chicago, you've probably been through Galesburg, because that's where, like, all of the trains converge and then go into Chicago. Okay. Okay. But what it means for Galesburg is that there are a crap load of train tracks, which means you can't get anywhere. Mm. Just, I've probably been there. Yeah. So. Just crisscross by train tracks mm-hmm. and red lights, so just walking's easier. So how, f- how far from Chicago South? South. It's it's kind of equidistant between St. Louis and Chicago. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so <laughs> it's about three hours. So it, it is the literal middle of nowhere. Okay. About three hours <laughs> to St. Louis, three hours to Chicago, yeah. and then the like two next biggest towns, Peoria and then the Quad City, is about an hour okay. in the opposite direction. So the middle of nowhere. Kind of an oblong middle, but still. The middle. <laughs> Which. Have you been there, Michelle? I passed through it. Oh, okay. Makes yeah. sense. I mean, yeah, again, you, you may have, yeah, if you were looking and knew what to look for, you would have seen the sign of my college because yeah. all the passenger cars go by it. But Middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, I mean, it's, a sizable, I mean, it's a sizable town of like 30,000. Well, <laughs> it used to be, a, used to have, what is it, uh, Maytag was there until they lost it to a, a Mexican plant. Oh, really? Yeah, so it, it's that. smaller than that. But anyway, that's where I went to college. So then I came back and okay. have worked in uh, media jobs since... Um, Currently doing stuff with iHeartMedia in town. Have cool. a radio show, Talk El Paso, that we are getting running, talking mm-hmm. about you know local El Paso issues. But we don't talk about booze that much, which makes this fun. Very cool. Of course, and you don't get to curse. Definitely not. All right, well, just <laughs> let it all out. I'll, I'll let you let it all out and say all the fucks you want. I will give a fuck about that eventually. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you listen. Have you, do you know anything about our questionnaire? Not too much. I mostly just kind of skimmed intros, make sure I know what the topics are, that I'm not too okay. okay. And st- still mildly confused why I'm here, but I'm happy to. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get started with our famous question. What historical figure would you like to have a drink with? What would it be and why? Hmm. What historical figure? I usually actually have to list about this, include people like Colonel Sanders because he made good chicken, but mm. being more mature about that. Um, <laughs> he would be considered a story. <laughs> <laughs> the guy did exist. I mean, it's true. And he's dead now, so he's historic. Yeah. Right. Um, historic figures, I probably have to say, probably one of the founding fathers. Um, you know, pick one. Which, whichever one's available that day, I'm not too picky. <laughs> uh, just because their names are thrown around and their image and their intentions are thrown around so goddamn often. That, yeah. like, oh, well, this is what the Founding Fathers meant. And it's like, really? Because I'm pretty sure the Founding Fathers would lose their goddamn minds at the concept of radio, much less the <laughs> internet. So you're going to tell me that that's what they meant to happen here? Because no, that's not how that would have worked. So Yeah, because now apparently the independence yeah. <laughs> got everybody offended. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Declaration of Independence? Yeah, the Declaration of Independence. Some people reading, reading between the lines there a little yeah. bit, talking about tyrannical you know, emperors and them seeing some... Uh, commonalities with current situations that right. weren't intended but they found hey, so that's the shoe fits right exactly and oh boy <laughs> did they wear it so yes I'd like to talk with really any one of them probably you know tj thomas jefferson 
But uh, you know, if he was busy doing doing his thing, being you know slave owner, um, might you know find someone else. <laughs> All right. Um, and probably some like good Kentucky whiskey. Okay. Just because that's what they would understand, or maybe like a margarita and blow their goddamn minds. That would be insane. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm pretty sure. Okay with that? I, I would. I would imagine none of them had even heard of tequila. Probably oh, no. not. Though I, I understand that both Thomas Jefferson and George Washington grew hemp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I'm, I'm sure they knew how to have a good time. Didn't Washington <laughs> make his own whiskey? No. Yeah, yeah. he actually yeah. did. Yeah. So and whiskey tea. would be a good safe choice. Um, I don't know. Give them like a nice, like a, a blended drink to just like really mess with their heads would be interesting though. Okay. Fun. Boom. There we go. Politics. Fathers. Federalist Papers. I've read them. Declaration of Independence. Have some fun. Margaritas. Margaritas. <laughs> <laughs> you think they would have been like, you know, it's like who invented Give them like a frozen like, blended margarita and they'd just be like, what the hell is this? This just comes prepackaged, yeah. And yeah. you did this how? <laughs> <laughs> We've got fridges now. And They're this great. was made where? And this is called tequila? What? Tequil- tequ- tequila. What? <laughs> tequila. Excuse me, sir. I believe you're insulting me. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your motto? What words do you live by? Uh, I live by a lot of words, that's for damn sure. Um, I guess my motto, if I had to come up with one, is don't waste a word. Don't Beca- waste a word. Because as long as you're saying something substantive, you're not wasting it. But if you're just, you know, totally making, talk. totally just making shit up, then it's kind mm. of wasted. And I, I try not to, even though my wife would probably disagree with me. <laughs> your wife? Yes. I'm scared of your wife. Uh, that's not a bad position to be in because at least you're you know able to deal with the consequences she's smart <laughs> she is fair that's that's one of the reasons i keep her around yeah. i i would be bored otherwise i mean I she's could. a sweetheart i mean yeah she's very nice and i love her very much sarah if you're listening to this don't hate me um <laughs> but <laughs> yeah actually at her work she's like uh like people are just like how do you know that and that's just how sarah and i like talk about things like the federalist papers or you know what the next amendment might be or stuff like that and apparently she, the people at her work just like go cross-eyed at her like, what? So Like, why are you thinking about that? Are we having a test soon? Kind of, What's yeah. Happening? But yeah, if, if it weren't for that, I'd get bored. So, yeah, mm. I, I, I keep her around for that. Ah. Intellectual stimulation. It's yeah. very important. She's, she's, not, she's not too bad looking either. <laughs> no, no, no. She's good looking. Yeah, she I is. I mean, I'm sure you didn't marry her because she was ugly or something. No? I mean, we do have the joke that we married each other to ensure that each one of us would be miserable for the rest of our lives. Oh. Because, wow. I mean, it, it's one thing to, like, just ruin someone's life in one instance. It's another thing to wholly commit yourself to the concept of I will ruin your life day in and day out for the rest of my life. Boom. Huh. And that's what marriage is about. Really, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty much. That's what the Founding Fathers meant, I think. <laughs> If you read the Constitution, it's Constitu- in there. It pretty clearly says that everyone should have the right to be as miserable as everyone is in America. <laughs> it, hell yeah. <laughs> so, all right. The freedom to be miserable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So what is your biggest extravagance? My biggest extravagance? It, it, it varies. Advanced. It goes in between electronics, entertainment, video games, and probably booze. Whenever I realize, oh, right, Specs is down the street. And then I go there, and then I can't spend any more money for a while because I buy stuff, and then I drink the stuff, and then I don't have any more stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Which, which again, so I kind of vacillate back and forth. I kind of go like, "Oh, I'm going to buy all the things and drink all the things," and then I'm like, I have this one 
Lagunitas uh, brown sugar that I've probably had for a month. I'm like, oh, I, it's my I last one. Stuff. I can't. I can't drink it. <laughs> I won't have any more then. Wait, so it's not because you're aging it? I have done that on accident. Nice. Uh, what? what I, so okay, so like I'll, I'll have some like out on the counter, and then I'll like like maybe people are coming over or, or we finally reach a critical mass where we have to clean up because we can't stand it anymore because there's so much clutter. So I like put them away, not necessarily all in the fridge. Like some of them like in a cabinet, and then I forget about it for like a year. Okay. I've done this a couple of times, where I've been like I'll just be going through cabinets. I wonder if I have that glass in there. Oh hey look. Look at this! All this beer that I hid from myself That's and then exciting. forgot about. That's exciting. So yes, I have yeah. cellared on accident. <laughs> That's a gift. That is, yeah. <laughs> did you open it? Did you drink it? Uh, yeah, actually, little little brown sugar. It, it 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 definitely changes. It gets a little bit more intense, but somehow also a little bit smoother. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel I almost feel like brown sugar is like a it's like a mood ring. It's like it, it, it changes based on how you're feeling. Because sometimes, like, all oh, this is so smooth and sweet, and then sometimes I get like the real, you know, the real sharp, like right. sour notes to it, and like in the same six pack. So, I, you know, that I just kind of think it like changes based on how you're feeling. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that's kind of my my extravagances go between those, probably, depending on what money I have and what's in front of me at the time. Like I recently bought the Skyrim Special Edition because mm. it was on sale at Sam's, and I was like, "Ooh, look, I'm gonna buy that now." Okay. So it kind of depends on what is presented to me, and I'm sure my <laughs> wife is probably lo- trying to learn how to orchestrate that so that it's not as bad of a thing in the future. So every time we go to a store, like she has to keep you like a horse, Put some like, blinders don't look on. Like don't look, don't look, because So have money. you ever have you ever seen the the zebra cakes, the little Debbie's yes. zebra yes. cakes? So. My wife and I joke that sometimes the zebra from the zebra cakes will attack, and that's when she comes home with like fifty dollars in snack cakes. So I think it happens to both of us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I haven't had one of those in a while. And so sometimes she'll like mess up, be like, "Andrew, I'm so sorry, I messed up." I'll be like, "What happened?" She's like, "I was at the store and I was hungry, and I'll just finish." <laughs> and the zebra attacked. Like, yes, the zebra attacked. <laughs> I need to have one of those again. <laughs> See, there it goes. It's a disease. Yeah, I know, and it's so bad. It's so bad, but they're so good. I know. <sighs> Snack foods. In bad general, for you. They're great. They're so good. Particularly when you're drinking. <laughs> yeah, I, everything's great when you're drinking. I don't know if that's a good idea. Oh, no, no it's a great idea. Like, no. okay, July 4th, doing my patriotic duty and just drinking to excess. We made this, like, it was supposed to start out of sangria, but <laughs> I'm not sure what the hell turn it took, but it was great. Mm-hmm. It had, like, a couple bottles of wine, pineapple, peaches, and then, like, we put a whole bottle of, like, coconut rum and then triple second to it. Like, it, again, yeah, it took a turn, but it was great, and it went on way too easy to get just, like, chug cupfuls of way <laughs> too much percentage. And then chips appeared. I'm sure someone bought them earlier, but then they just appeared in front of me, and it was okay. the best thing of that day. And that's at how that you make moment. a whole bags of chips disappear. Exactly, and they disappeared, too. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, that's that's always fun when you're trying to make something classy and then it turns into a giant cocktail. And it's like, oh, okay, I guess I'm uh, making a day out of this. <laughs> giant I mean, cocktail. So, I, mean, I, I, would, I would say it's more restrained than like a jungle juice. But, like, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, there's your agua loca. Not, there not there. too far removed. It's a classy jungle juice. I like that. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> not going to lie. Oh, okay, man. okay. So if you had a million dollars just tax-free, you just got it. What would you do with a million dollars? Oh, I'm sorry, what was the question? Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I would have so many plans. I definitely just start this radio show that we've right. been trying to get. Yeah. So I'm doing it on Saturdays at noon right now. 
um, kind of when I can, because I'm also doing promotions work for that whole group of stations, which includes like Sunday 99.9, uh, K-Hey, Power 102, all those. I've mm-hmm. um, been doing promotions work, which means I'm the guy that's on, t- on the radio. It sounds like, oh, come out here and have some pizza and we're out there this dealership. <laughs> sounds like that, yeah. uh, doing that kind of thing. So it's impacted that ability a little bit for me to do it as consistently as consistently as I'd like. Um, but the end goal is to do that as a Monday through Friday daily show. Oh, my God. Because, I mean, El Paso does not have yeah. a daily local talk no. show. Right. No, not really. And having been on TV, I definitely know that TV news reports, I mean, sure, they bring you what whatever might be new, but they don't necessarily bring you the full story. Because, right. I mean, there were many times in my experience when, like, okay, hey, something cool and new has happened with the story we covered, but it's not a whole full new story yet, so we can't really do it. Right. So the way, way I call it is that, you know, the story ends, life goes on, but it doesn't necessarily come back to that form of view. And with so with that... With the El Paso Times, now practically an advertising section only. Uh-huh. I mean, it's gotten so much smaller. I mean, it's 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 a shadow of its former self. We're getting less talk about local issues mm-hmm. when we need more. We need a lot more. We need more discussion, information, knowledge about what's going on locally. Yeah. So if I had a million dollars, I'd just be like, oh, nope, I'm buying the time. We're doing this. Let's have fun. And figure it out from there. That'd be great. That'd oh. be fantastic. I'd love it. Um and then with the rest of it, I'd probably buy a super secret bunker out in the middle of nowhere that no one knows about <laughs> besides me. Are you a doomsday prepper? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would be. Okay. I don't All have right. the money okay. to right now. Send zebra cakes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a whole room of them. They last forever. <laughs> last forever. They don't go bad like Twinkies. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm, I'm curious. What is the shittiest uh, news that you had to report on TV? It depends on how you define shittiest. Uh, like, shittiest, like, let's talk... Um, I don't know, Anchorman, like the cat fashion show type of shitty. Okay, so just like bad. Like, <laughs> like why really? am I doing this? Like, oh, like is this a punishment or is this just like a rite of passage or what the fuck? Okay, so I can't think of one that is like a, and the cat got out of the tree safely. Like, I can't think of one of those. I can't think the one time I had to chase down, there was a few years back, there was this whole rash of like animal hoarding cases. Okay. Like where people had like <laughs> 20, yeah, cat lady. 50 cats, dogs, what have you. In a house. Wow. And we definitely get, didn't get some of the worst ones here. There was one in New Mexico where, like, mm-hmm. it was a house. It had had a floor. The floor was undetectable below the feces. Jesus. Like, they had to take shovels what? to clear it out. Yeah, in New Mexico. So I was super happy to not be there oh, that day. Jesus. But I definitely did have to do a follow-up on one of the local ones. And I wasn't even the full-on reporter. I was just a camera guy at the time. And I'd been told by some of the people who covered the previous ones that, like, they had to take their clothes and just, like, burn them, practically. Wow. Just because the pervasiveness of the smell as you approached it. Oh. And so we were at the front door of one of these places where, it had, where one had, like, supposedly happened. Like, uh, it had happened, like, the middle of the night and they'd cleared it out. And so we just, just going up to it, trying to see if anyone would talk to us. And you could smell it just oh. through the front door, emanating from the backyard. I was like, oh, God, I hope these people don't answer. Please don't let them answer. Please don't let them answer. Because I don't want to have to throw away everything I'm wearing. (laughs) So in terms of literal shit, literal, Mm -hmm. actual, eliminated shit, shit, that would probably take the cake. That's pretty shitty. Oh, God, that smell will stay with me. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the worst? That's that's the worst that comes to mind. If I think of a worse one, I'll let you know. Because, I mean, I, I did that for just shy of four years. So there's a lot of shit that could happen. 
I mean, I, I, I did plenty of like dog and pony shows. I mean, like, oh, hey, here's a parade, or these right. people are painting a house. I mean, just, <laughs> but then again, there's a lot of that in El Paso, yeah. so it's, it's hard to pick out one of those that was like the cheesiest or the corniest or like the why the hell am I doing this mostest. <laughs> because, I mean, El, El Paso is kind of a weird market when it comes to TV. Like uh, other ones in nearby, like um, Albuquerque is very crime driven. Okay. Mm. Given the amount of you know people and stuff that happens all around there, there's usually always a crime. And El Paso kind of is, but there are also, I mean, what, what with that whole safest city designation, there's right. not necessarily enough crime. Mm-hmm. I mean, whenever there was, you know, a, a car crash or a fire or a shooting, we'd be there. But even then, that didn't like well, that wasn't everything. So we had to figure out stuff. So there'd be a lot of uh, stuff going on, like when you guys had the Pope drink here. Oh, oh yeah, that I was definitely fun. suggested that, and I think. I think they included it in like a list. So I mean, it's kind of like when it rains, it pours <laughs> around here. Like of all of like the here, are all the Pope promotions going I should, on. I sh- <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. I forgot that happened. Yeah, <laughs> I had I it. Know. it. I had that when you had it. It, it was, was pretty good. It was okay. Oh, it was like weirdly silky. It was it was interesting. <laughs> it was the egg. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The egg in it. It was really good. I mean, I didn't mind it. It was just kind yeah. of a what? What? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what what do you normally drink here at the Black Orchid Lounge? Uh, beer, almost exclusively. Like I've recently gone into uh, what is it the the Oarsman? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is yeah the couple of my friends have gotten me onto that and I'm also sorry, the we're out of that. oh break my heart uh, the Trigave too is yeah yeah that's deadly. Uh, when it comes to beer, I don't have a particular preference. I well okay. I have a preference, and this is awful. I have a double-digit preference. Okay. If it's if it's a double-digit percentage, <laughs> I'm gonna be like, "Ooh, what's I that?" I gotta try it. Yeah. yeah. So that's which is a horrible thing to say, particularly well, on a thing that's being recorded. But we're, we're <laughs> being offered some big Ben, but that's not in the double digits. I, I mean, again, I, I like so. beer, but I, when I when I'm like looking at it, that tends to be what draws my eye, ah. which makes the trigave a problem. And the speedway, I assume as well. Yeah, I've had the speedway a couple well? times. Yeah. yeah. So mm. that just tends to be like, ooh, I want to try that now. Get a nice little buzz going on. Eat some tacos. Oh, yeah. Tacos yeah. are great, particularly yeah. ones here. Yeah, he comes to trivia and mm-hmm. fun. Trivia's a good time here here at Black Orchid. Always. It is. So what is your favorite journey? Ooh, my favorite journey. Yes. Journey. Hmm. Are we talking about like Journey soundtrack or band <laughs> <and> Journey? <laughs> Favorite um, singer from Journey. journey I mean, no, as in Journey, like the way, I mean, however you want to put it, like Journey in life in or like career, driving in career. A like, trip somewhere. Yeah. I mean, when we moved down here to El Paso, we drove from the Maryland suburbs of Washington, D.C. to here. Wow. Over like the better part of a week, I yeah. think. I mean, I was like seven at the time, so it was an eternity in my yeah. mind. Yeah. So that was. That was interesting. Um, so that was an interesting journey, but I don't remember a whole lot of it because I am like mildly narcoleptic, so I have always had a really easy time sleeping in cars. Sounds like one. Yeah. So I'll be like, okay, we're going here now. That's fine. Wake up three hours later. Where are we now? <laughs> Makes plane rides great. It feels like yes. teleportation. Yeah. So that's fantastic. <laughs> like we're taking off. Cool. We're landing. Yeah, All right. That's <laughs> awesome. There. Beautiful. That's, that's my experience with it. So it's. <laughs> pretty nice that way okay so uh, so that's one journey but i guess the journey of life has been interesting mm-hmm. for the longest time and it, it still is compatible with what i'm doing now i 
I figured out real early I liked to argue, and I would like to figure out how to get paid to do so. So for the longest time, I thought I was going to be a lawyer. Mm. And, like, I mean, I was, I, you know, captain of the debate team in high school, did mock trial, all that stuff, and did, like, pre-law in college. Wow. And then I met Sarah, my wife, in college, and so life... What's the what's what's one of the phrases? If you want to make God laugh, tell him you have a plan. Yeah. And so that didn't quite work out. But as luck would have it, a lot of the training I did, speech and debate and, you know, stuff for lawyering, really well applies to journalism in terms oh, yeah, of yeah. particularly as a reporter, then presenting it. Okay. So, okay. I mean, the, the ability to think on your feet, you know, turn circumstances that might not fully be in your control or understanding into a coherent narrative mm-hmm. is uh, skills that apply to both. Yeah. So yeah. that's been an interesting journey that I'm continuing now into being a talk show. So I guess I'm still kind of figuring out how to get paid to how to ar- getting paid to argue. To argue and to talk. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you you need to get on TV and start one of those debates and. Oh boy. Debate show. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe maybe down the road, maybe uh, the later uh, part of the journey. What is what is in the what is in the future for Andrew Polk? Oh, if I if you know, I'd love you for you to tell me. Because <laughs> I don't know. I, That's I, what I'm asking. Like, yeah, what do you want to do? I'm definitely at the point of my life where I am making crap up, and it seems to be sticking for the moment. We'll see if that continues. But I mean, there All hasn't right. been a local talk show in El Paso for I mean since Strelzen, basically, which yeah. you don't even know don't about. Even know, so it's been a while. So. It's kind of hard to do something that hasn't really been at this done. point been done. Yeah. All right. You know, at least not recently. So, yeah, I'm making crap up. So, again, if you if you know what's going on, please tell me. I'd love to know. <laughs> so, what kind of issues would you like to talk about in your talk show uh, in El Paso? Like, I what mean, issues? Just, I mean, like, we did a whole series on the mayoral election. We had yeah. we had invited and had confirmed all of the mayoral candidates, all eight of them. Willie Gager never made it. Uh, I'm not sure if he's even still alive, to be perfectly honest. Because after I talked to him, like, that one time... He has just fallen off the face of the planet. And he was not a young guy to begin with. Okay. I mean, he was part of the 1966 Texas Western Championship team. Wow. So he's not exactly a spring chicken. So yeah. I'm, I hope he's still alive, but I have, I have no knowledge that he still is. <laughs> because he didn't show up for our interview. He didn't show up for the forum we had. I, oh, like, man. Like, between that and election day, he was just MIA. So... Hope he's okay. I haven't heard that he died. So maybe let us know, El Paso. Let yeah. us know. Will so the other ones turned out okay. Yeah, they, everyone. They every, everyone else showed up. So we had all seven of them on, and so that was fun and interesting. So I mean, we've had that season going on. So it's been a good time to talk about that. But otherwise, I just kind of want to talk about you know the yeah. issue. I mean, there is a hell of a lot going around locally, statewide, national, international, that is all centering here yeah. on the border and El Paso. The amount, of, yeah. the amount of international reporting that has happened on El Paso yeah. or leading up to and since the election, the presidential election, has been nuts. It's stuff we haven't seen before. So, I mean, there's so much stuff that is centered right here and all intersects right through our backyard. Trade, border issues, immigration, you know, DACA, DAPA, all of this stuff, you know, the border wall. All of this stuff is right happening right, right here, here mm-hmm. affecting us right here. Yeah. I mean, the, so, and... There's just not enough discussion being done about it. People are all like, well, okay, I don't know what's really going on. Maybe this will happen. I don't know. So I want to talk about those things. But also, I guess most of all, what's always in the back of my mind is the fact that 
El Pasoans don't really know their own worth. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when I, I was in when I was in high school, I mean, the nickname was Hell Paso, yeah. and everyone's goal was, well, I'm going to get the hell out of yeah. here because there's nothing to do in El Paso. I think that has finally subsided. Yeah. A li- I mean, a little bit. I mean, it's subsiding. It's not gone by any means because so many people are like, oh, what the hell am I going to do around here? Right. But stuff, you know, that El Pasoans have put together, like Neon Desert, like Sun City Music Fest, like you know, great bars opening, and the whole craft beer scene have really helped you know people understand that but El Pasoans still have this this disorder of nothing is good unless someone out of town says it's good. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and I've said that all along. And that is and it, it's <laughs> such crap because El Paso has world-class history, world-class culture, you know, people that deserve to be recognized and mm-hmm. deserve to be put out there. But no one here locally is, like, willing to do that. No, because to- they're not good enough for them because it's not a corporation. It's not a chain. It doesn't come from a big city. It doesn't... Yeah, it's like if it came out of El Paso yeah. alone, it's crap. It yeah. doesn't work to be talked yeah. about. It's unfortunate. And that yeah. is bullshit. Yeah. It is bullshit. And so that's something I want El Pasoans to recognize is that we have some of the best stuff here. And it's worthy and deserving of being talked about. And not just because someone else out of town finally comes in and, you know, Columbuses it and says, oh, this is great now. Like, oh, wait, hey, I guess this is great now. And that's, I, I, we need to get over that. That's one thing holding us back. Mm-hmm. I mean, it goes back to kind of the idea, the mostly urban legend, but kind of based in fact of SeaWorld coming here. Yeah. Oh, fuck that, no. What? So the idea was back when SeaWorld was first going to open, before it was going to open in San Antonio, that it was originally going to come here. So the story goes. I'm sure if there's some basis in fact, but this is largely a dramatization, but this is the way it, get expl- it gets explained, and it helps I'll explain how Opasoans think in a mm-hmm. good portion. So the idea was SeaWorld was going to come here, and so the story goes, the mayor at the time basically said, you know what, we're just a, a you know, this is a city of poor Mexicans that isn't going to be able to support that. Thanks, but no thanks. I mean, I didn't. I don't like SeaWorld. I don't agree with what they're doing. Well, this was way back, though. This is way back. This is way back. And so it moved on, and it opened up in San Antonio, and went on to great success there. I mean, Blackfish issues aside, I mean, I mean, just the economic driver, and you know, the research and the opportunities it has. I mean, sure, we're a desert, but San Antonio isn't exactly an ocean itself, so yeah, it wouldn't have made too much of a difference. But so the story goes is that when it opened in San Antonio, part of the opening ceremony said, and thank you to the people of El Paso for allowing us to have this wow. in San Antonio. <gasps> but so so it just goes, <laughs> even if it's you know not entirely factual, because I mean, it's mostly an urban legend the way that's described, but it's very instructive in describing yeah. the mentality we have that, oh, no, no, nothing's good here. Yeah. Let's, uh, no, you know, everything else is good everywhere that's else. We don't, true. we don't have good things. We can't have good things. And so I, I think a show like this will, will change that perspective because, because we're not going to get news from, you know, an outsider perspective. We're going to get news about El Paso from a local, and that's that's important. And that's that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be the source of. So I mean, with, with, you know, with, you know, the local news. Not, I mean, they focus on what they have to focus. Right. They have their metrics. Right. The paper getting smaller, mm-hmm. and they don't want us really doing this. That's what I want to do. Yeah. And so please give me a million dollars. <laughs> give me a million dollars. If anyone start is out a, there, uh, I take checks. Kickstart. Andy Made J. out to Polk, cash. Please. Made out to cash. That too, either way. Right. It'll, it'll work great. So what ah. is your most treasured possession? Most treasured possession. Thank you. Um, Thank you I don't know. I give my wife a lot of crap about her wedding ring because she always seems to be losing it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I guess my most treasured possession... I got a nice TV right now. I guess I don't really think about it that way. Okay. I mean, I have I have the stuff I need to do, the things that I want to do, which in, 
I mean, so the TV is important in terms of the video games that I mentioned I sometimes binge on. But, <laughs> I mean, otherwise, I guess the biggest that's the people and animals in my life. I have three and a half dogs. Three really, and a half? Three, well, one's not technically ours, but... Oh. I know the feeling. Yeah, it's it's been there a while, and yeah. We, we've almost changed his name a little bit from what we call him, so <laughs> that's special. So I guess it's not like one thing that's the most important to me besides just, you know, the way my life is together right, right. now. Right. And the social interaction you get from the people and the animals in your life. Of course. Yeah. Those are your most treasured possessions. Is that what we asked? Yeah. All right, cool. And that's, that's a good answer. So I guess, I guess my answer. most treasured possession would be whatever lets me do those things. So I guess car is important too. <laughs> <laughs> Because there's not a bus route terribly close to my house. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, but bus system kind of sucks here. Yeah, it's special. Yeah, well. So when and where were you happiest? I don't know. I guess I've never thought of myself like, man, I wish I could go back to so-and-so day. Or thinking like, God, this sucks right now. I can't wait till five years from now. I guess I just kind of rolled the punches as it comes. You know, whatever's going on, trying to make the best of the situation. Like, I mean, there, there have always been trials and tribulations in whatever I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, college were great years of my life. was doing a lot of things, really figuring out myself. But it was also packed with a hell of a lot of work dealing with and, you know, college-ness. Yeah. So that's fun and a thing. Um, but so that was fun. I mean, it's where I met my wife as well, so right. that's good. Uh, but I was very mm-hmm. happy to also not be in college anymore. Oh, yeah. And no homework doing stuff and you know making money in life but even then it's also been difficult like again making shit up like I am now kind of so I guess there's never been a point where I'm like man I, I just need to get back to being that happy again I guess I just kind of make try to make the best of what's, what's going, going on, on what, now without trying to sound too much like a self-help guru and saying that but I mean it's 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 what you make of it I guess <laughs> man I'm sorry if that was unsatisfying no That's it's good really answer. good actually it's like I'm jealous you're Focus very on the good that you have now. I, I mean, I, I try to keep it simple because there's plenty of other complicated shit going on. But yeah. I don't need to make it worse. All right, so tell me about this. Because I'm very, very fucking jealous for you to have experienced Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk. What? <laughs> yes. Yep. Did you interview him? No, he just took a picture with him. Oh, okay. I took a picture with him. And oh. we, got, we also got it autographed. Wow. And I went to his panel, and I, so I got to ask him a question about like what was his favorite role. Um, he said, well, Firefly stands out, of course. Right. of course. But he's done so many freaking things. I mean, he was, one of, I think one of his first voice acting roles was, um, was it Sonny or Sonny in iRobot? Okay. The Will Smith movie. He was the robot. Really? He was yeah, the he was robot? robot. Huh, okay. I yeah. don't remember. He was also King Candy in Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> okay. So And uh, he was also in... He was in uh, Rogue One. He was in, he's in Rogue One. I mean, yeah, and that was a big one. Um... And then he was also like he was the pirate in Dodgeball. Oh yeah, yes. yeah. I pirate forgot about Steve that. or whatever that guy's oh, yeah. name is. So he, just, yeah, <laughs> he's he was done in a. Ton of what stuff. was that? The other one with Heath Ledger. The the. the oh the the. Oh, the uh, Night Night's one. Tale. The Night yes, one. Yeah. that's a good yeah, one. So he's done tons <laughs> of stuff. And and he actually when we when I talked with him afterwards uh, when we were getting the autograph he was like oh that one was great because I got to be in London for a few weeks. I mean just to be able to say that oh, I'll be in London for a few months <laughs> was was great for him apparently. So you know he's a great guy. He's great to meet. So mm-hmm. it was particularly special because my wife is a is a burgeoning cosplayer, semi professional at this yeah. point. That's cool. So she made um, she won a price. She did. So she made if you're familiar with. Alan Tiddick's work, particularly Firefly, mm-hmm. uh, in one episode called Shindig, there is a big old party that 
mm-hmm. the plot contrives them to go to. And among it, Kaylee, the mechanic, ends up Buy with this dress. huge, poofy layer cake <laughs> dress. Yeah. And so Sarah made it. Wow. She made that dress by hand. Uh, I remember her being so frustrated because oh, she couldn't get the ruffles right. The amount of swearing <laughs> from the sewing room was <laughs> just catastrophic. And but I mean, she did it and she got it done. And I, I think I, I kind of think of it as like someone who like restores a classic car right. is going to be like, oh, like everyone's like, oh, dude, that's so awesome. And the person who did it is always going to be like, yeah, but I didn't get this right. right. And there's like a paint chip there, and everyone else, particularly me, is like, shut up, you did a good job. What did Alan <laughs> Take say the compliment. about it? Okay, I mean, so when we walked in for the picture, he was like, you, and just <laughs> like, and just like, oh my god, because I guess that, I guess I mean, I'm sure people cosplay like stuff he's been in, but right. not. I don't think that dress gets that, done that often. That's pretty unique, yeah. Because, yeah. and then later on during the costume contest, she did win. She won the El Paso Comic Convention wow. costume contest. That's so cool. Cosplay contest because of that. Because she did get kind of like a perfect hand in terms of judges. Because all the judges in this, as opposed to being like, you know, local celebrities, someone whose name you might recognize and that's why they're there. Right. They were all professional cosplayers. Okay. Uh, like Ginny D, who lived in Las Cruces until recently. She moved, uh, I think she moved back up north. Um, one other, I can't remember, and then Yaya Han. She was in town? Yeah, Yaya what? Han was here. So I didn't know the name <laughs> Yaya Han yeah. until I started reading about her. Yaya Han is arguably one of the most successful cosplayers ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If only in terms of, like, not necessarily notoriety, but in terms of, like, actual business success. Yeah. She literally has her own line of fabrics at Joanne Fabrics, like under the Yaya Han brand. That blows my mind. Yeah, so she has like she has turned it into a business, oh, wow. and like an international one. So, and so like so those were the judges. It was these three professional wow. cosplayers, and there were other serious costumes there as well. Like there was a a giant Gundam suit with like light up <laughs> lasers and okay. everything. Uh, a, a Groot. Um, you know some other stuff like that. So there was there was you know other serious competition, but these being professional cosplayers, they knew the specific things to look at. They knew to look at the detail, the finishing, the follow through. Because mm-hmm. like that Gundam and that Groot, impressive. But once you got up close to him, you're starting to look like, well, that's not so. Well, right. You kind of skimped there. Like it you, looks you good just, from you, afar. you forget that part, like that kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like no, not to cast any shade on the guy who did the Gundam suit. I mean, it was impressive as hell. But like the wings were clearly held up by just kind of bare PVC pipe. Uh oh. And then it was the un- like the wings on the outside looked great, but then the underside it was just clearly like diamond pattern matting. Okay. So wow. like so like it was impressive. It was big. I mean, he nearly killed himself when he fell once after he got the host <laughs> to like carry him. So it was oh, a little, okay. it was a little nuts. But like the follow through, the fine details were missing. And Sarah, for as much as she likes to say, "Well, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong," that no one notices. Like the judges were new to look at that, and so that's why she won. Wow! And they told her as much. That's that's wow. really impressive. Like to be judged by Yaya Han. Mm-hmm. Wow. Look, look her up. Yeah, look her up and look then be like, up. oh, damn. She's beautiful. I mean, that doesn't hurt, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, most, I'm mostly impressed by the fact that she's turned it into a legit yeah. business. Yeah. She was on some show on the Sci-Fi Channel for a Yeah, like, like a cosplay show, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Interesting, nerdy this, stuff. I am sorry. You're being exposed to a whole new thing, El Paso. Yeah, it's oh, a. It's, like I'm I'm kind of surprised she came here, and it was great. Yeah, because like El, the El Paso Comic Con, unfortunately, has made a bad name for itself. Because I think the earlier promoter yeah. organizer. Yeah, the earlier organizer had some. Let's just say, for lack of getting sued, 
some hinky <laughs> shit go on. At the very least, it left a bad taste in some people's mouths, yeah. and that had some repercussions for them. And so now that the organizers of the Las Cruces Con have mm-hmm. kind of stepped in and taken over, um, things seem to be Better. moving up. Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. I got to go next year. Oh, definitely. It's a, it's a, it was... It's I mean, very good. You don't good. have to dress up, do you? No, 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 no you don't. I don't. I okay. actually, I just keep telling her she needs to make me a T-shirt that says like uh, "official cosplay handler" because <laughs> that's what I do. Because so many people will be like, "Oh, can I take a picture?" And they'll be like, "Oh, is anyone going to take?" Okay, I'll just take. And I'll be like, "Do you want me to take your picture?" And sometimes people will be like, "Sure." Other times they'll be like, "Who the hell are you? <laughs> why, are, why are you talking to me?" Not realizing, you know, connecting right, with right. her since I'm not mm. in costume. So <laughs> I need a, I need a T-shirt. Particularly since there's a whole other group cosplay that my wife and a bunch of her friends are doing that I'm going to be the kind of awkward husband in the corner. Like, being, if you want to take a picture with them, they'd be like, who the fuck are you? Get away from me. I'm going to pepper spray you in the face. <laughs> I'm a husband. <laughs> I'm related I'm to that one. <laughs> <laughs> I like All right, it. Cool. I like it. I've never been to a Comic-Con. Let's go to next season or two seasons next from now. Year, there's one coming that? up in August. Okay, next season. Uh, the Las Cruces one is coming oh, up in it. August. And that okay. one's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a good time. You should definitely go. All I'm right. interested in doing it. Highly recommend. Okay, maybe we can take the podcast. Boom on the road. Woo. There you go. Yeah. We'll right. be at Big Ben soon. Hopefully, yes. We hint, need to hint, talk hint, to hint, Alex hint. about that. He's here. <laughs> so yeah. Any more questions that we have left? Anything you want to talk about? Yeah. What do you? Why do you have a passion for El Paso? Yeah. Because I did grow up here, and I think there's a different definite difference you can tell in the people are born, raised, and will probably die here mm-hmm. versus the people who either come in from elsewhere or are from here, leave for a bit, and then come back. Because El Paso really is in bubble, in a bubble, in many senses of the word. We're, we're isolated from many other, you know, there's nothing else close to right. us. Las yeah. Cruces doesn't count. It's basically our suburbs. Like, Dallas is as close as San Diego, so. Yeah, so there's not a lot close. Yeah. So it's, even if you go a few counties over, you're not going to find much else different not really so there's a lot of there's a lot of reasoning that happens and well we've always done it that way here right and that's and then you try to explain to people that well okay that doesn't mean it's good there or are other it ways stay the same that it, or that it should continue right. there are other ways of doing it mm-hmm. and so i guess i just i i think el paso has so much potential i've i've been the, my favorite stories that i've done have been about el, what i call el paso rising though even though that was kind of taken before I could really turn that into a thing myself by the, the El Paso uh, Independent School District bond. Mm-hmm. So I try and I tend not to use that phrase much anymore okay. because it has other connotations now. But that's how I think of it is that El Paso kind of finally getting its shit together. And yeah. I yeah. wanna I wanna tell that story yeah. like inform people about how what's happening because there is great shit here. I mean we do have definably the first Thanksgiving in terms of if you want to define the first Thanksgiving as the first giving of thanks in some kind of feast right. that was given within the continent of the United States. It happened here. Yeah. And there have been people from El Paso who have gotten arrested while protesting that at Plymouth Rock. Like, so, <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> so there have been people that have been passionate enough about this, yeah. but I think that El Paso has some structural problems that are, is kind of holding it back, but we seem to be getting past those to some extent despite ourselves. 
like downtown. Yeah. All of the buildings, all this historical. Oh, there's you know, a lot buildings. of history. I always give everybody mm. shit about that. Like, Tros, oh yeah, the, the yeah. all the, of the Tros buildings, all yeah. of that. They finally have been bought to be renovated, as opposed to bought to be torn down okay. and turned into a surface level parking lot, which has happened way too often. Yeah. Do you think we're ever gonna get rid of? Um, I hate to say it because I'm not racist or anything. The Chinese people and their little stores in El Paso. So, fun fact, they're actually mostly Korean. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, they actually, yeah. Right, they actually I'm sorry are. about that. <laughs> and they probably speak better Spanish than you or I, they actually, <laughs> weirdly enough. Yeah, actually, yes, their English is not great, but their Korean okay, and their Koreans. Spanish is great. Not a, nothing against them, but I think that that is the most important. That was like well, the first I mean, they're, street they're, in this city. It's true, but I also see them as, as very important. Yeah. I mean... They're still in our history. Yeah, they're, they're, they're no, part I, of the I'm history. I'm not saying get away and get away from our history. It's just saying, like, you know, there's so many buildings there, like Pancho Villa used to hang out yeah. and things like that. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, yeah, you want to buy your quinceanera dress? Here you go. But <laughs> I, I see them as an important – I mean, they're, they're the, they're, they are what has continued it to this point. I mean, if it weren't for them, there would have been, you know, nothing. Who and would be the, shopping yeah, downtown? Who, who would be doing <laughs> who would be the, shopping what, what activity would happen? So if you want to talk about it, like, ecologically mm-hmm. – they might not be exciting, but they're like the moss that like colonizes the empty stone yeah. that then allows you know the dirt to build up so that bigger and better things can grow. Because I mean, if it weren't for them, there would have been nothing happening yeah. within that whole Just golden golden horseshoe area and Filled no activity with. going on. So yeah. I don't think it's so much a you know they're holding us back as they are holding us on and have been to this point. So we're now as El Paso finally turns a corner. To the fact where buildings are getting going to get renovated, there's so there's. I mean, it's been decades worth of mm-hmm. work to get you know the the factors, the policies, the the incentives in place to get people you know improving these buildings instead of just tearing them down or like some people that remain unnamed so as to not get sued by them sitting on buildings <laughs> and not doing anything with them and letting them. Yeah, I hate that. They were in fall, jail and they still apart, don't want to give it up. Fall apart, burn down, having them condemned out from under them and fighting them for. For some definable purpose, seemingly being a, well, it'll get better eventually, and I'll make my money then, but I'm not going to do shit before then. Slumlord. Again, no names and no names implied (laughs) here. I have no money. Don't sue me. Um, So that just frustrates the hell out of me. And I just think El Paso is better than it realizes in terms of the the grand scheme of general El Pasoans that are shown through things Mm -hmm. like, oh, I don't know, the voter turnout, which was 8% (laughs) in this last election, which is just like, what what the hell are you doing? Because I don't think you know. Uh, So I guess I just think El Paso is on the verge of something. We just need to get our shit together, and that includes our elected officials. So when, when, when I was saying that, you know, things have happened to make it so that El Paso is finally kind of going to succeed, I kind of mean that in spite of itself. Because there have been a lot of random-ass crap done by city leaders that don't necessarily make sense in terms of helping improve things. And so we're kind of riding a societal wave where central business districts, downtowns, are becoming more appealing. Whereas, you know, in the baby boomer generation, there was the rush to the suburbs. Mm -hmm. Now the millennial generation or the... Xennial, what's that in between generation that just came out with in between Gen X and it's like Xennials, yeah, something like that. that, Where now it's important to them, it's like, well, white picket fence, dog, two point eight three kids is not necessarily (laughs) as important to me as is you know having a lifestyle, being able to do the things I want without having to drive five hours Mm -hmm. either way. So we're kind of riding the societal wave where downtowns are going to become more important again, and I want to tell that story because recognizing that and paying attention to it and you know taking positive action is going to be important for El Pasoans. 
I think that the next biggest obstacle we're probably going to look at is that kind of unfortunately El Paso's downtown developed in that real awkward period mm. as horses went away and cars <laughs> came in. Yeah. So what that means is that there's the reason that the buildings kept getting torn down for service level parking lots is because there's demand because right. almost none of these buildings have underground parking, which is going to be hugely expensive to ever build. And El Paso, for all of the talk, all of the, you know being the 19th largest city in the country and all that other stuff, mm-hmm. is we can't really support or afford because we still have I mean, we are a poorer city. We have some oh, of yeah. the poorest zip codes in the country, some of the poorest neighborhoods. So that's something we got to overcome and recognize. And that's so all of this is interconnected. So, I mean, dealing with that is connected with, you know, NAFTA and the right. fact that trade is kind of the lifeline of El Paso. And so, okay, to amend that million dollar question, by the way, another <laughs> part of that million dollars, I would go buy all of the vacant land out at Santa Teresa. Okay. Out okay. in that big transportation hub. Yeah. Because that's. So I did a story a couple of years ago about how they were out of space. They were out of warehouse space because it had all been bought. Okay. All of it. And one of the problems is there's the old uh, Hoover plant um, out in the northwest okay. kind of sitting vacant. And so in industrial terms, El Paso and Santa Teresa are the same thing. Mm-hmm. So the kind of the builders of these warehouses would think, well, there's this huge space that's empty. I don't want to risk it. But meanwhile, Santa Teresa... New Mexico gets it. The New Mexico governor has been to Santa Teresa dozens of times. When when was the last time Rick Perry right. or anyone, you know, current governor included, uh, has been there? I mean, Rick Perry, when he was talking about bombs going off in the streets of El Paso, hadn't been here in the Jesus. you know five years What's at least. One? Yeah. Abbott. Abbott. Yeah, Greg Abbott. Well, he, he's scared of trees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which, would make you, which would make you think you would want to come here because we're a desert. We got we got yeah, cactus. <laughs> um, he's but yes, of that, even worse. But I mean, he's been here like once or twice. Uh, you yeah, came yeah. here on the campaign trail, but I think he's been here maybe once, maybe twice since then. So we just don't have the same amount of participation over in Santa Teresa. They have a a logistics mecca out there. They've got trains. They've got planes. They've got roads. They have an overweight cargo zone, and this is all horrifically terrible. How terrifically technical, but what it means is that that is going to be a huge economic thoroughfare <laughs> that is only going to get more important, and there more building is going to happen. And so I would buy just all of that land mm-hmm. and Pro make, the, yeah, and, and just make that like my <laughs> my dynasty. There you go. That's what I would do with the rest of the million dollars, and then the bunker. There you go. So you're listening. You're you're learning a lot. You're learning how to make oh, yeah. money. You're learning how to drink. <laughs> so if you it's all fun, do it at the same time. If you wanted like. One thing to come out of Talk El Paso, what would that one thing be? Oh, I would love to get that voting rate up. Okay. If I could have one thing to change, it would be getting El Pasoans to get freaking involved in the electoral process because currently they're absent. And so there are a lot of people who complain that all city council is all a bunch of crooks or all they're doing all this stuff and it's all it's all crap. Well, it's not necessarily like a, like a mustache-twiddling, like Snidely Whiplash villain type thing where they're tying oh, no. people to railroad tracks. It's that, they, it's that no one's paying attention and they know it, so maybe they aren't doing things in the most transparent way because even if they were, no one still cares. no one would be paying attention. Yeah. So why, why even bother? So, you know, when they spend, and it, it's very, I used to cover both the city and the county, and it was night and day in between how the two of them kind of dealt with transparency and openness and mm-hmm. being frank and forthright. At the county, 
you can see them. You can always see them, even when they go into executive session, when everyone gets kicked out of the room because they're talking. You know, they, they have certain legal privileges, talking about legal strategies with their lawyers, kind of stuff. Stuff if it was on the public record could hurt the county and therefore the taxpayers, and it makes sense. You can always see them. There are windows, so you can see what they're doing, and they're not hiding. They're not, you know, you know, having a good time, you know, drinking back there or doing anything. You can see them, <laughs> and then to get to their offices, they have to walk past you in a hallway. So it's not like they can go through a back door and, and get away from you. You so you always you can find them. You can get to them. Versus at the city, when they go into executive session, they leave the room, they go into a back room, literally behind closed doors, which they literally get catering back wow. there. At the very least, there are, there's food, drinks, snacks back there. I mean, you'll often see them coming back in from executive session into the council room, like, you know, wiping their lips off, finishing a soda, whatever. <laughs> and then there are definitely back doors they can go out. So just, wow. and that is telling in a way of how, you know, engaged, how, how, what, what they're dedicated to, what's important what things are on display right. or a lack thereof. Uh-huh. So, I, again, I don't think that's necessarily a, well, I'll, you know, screw the people. I'm going to do things what I want to do. It's a, well, no one's paying attention. Let's just do it yeah. this way. Let's take advantage of that. Yeah, and not even necessarily that act of just a, does anyone care if we're doing it any other way? Crickets. Crickets. Okay, <laughs> we're going to do it this way. And there's a couple, like, ankle biters down there, and that's about it. Mm. And it's it's it's... They're not clearly a, like, okay, this is important to El Pasoans. It's a, well, that person cares, but who cares about them? Yeah. So that's what I, that's what I would like to change because that's crap. Yeah, yeah that's important. So if people want to help Talk El Paso, how could they reach out to you? They can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Talk El Paso. We're doing all the social media stuff, but that's the best clearinghouse for it because that's where uh, – we're um, doing live streams of all of ours on uh, Facebook Live, all of our shows, everything we're doing. So you can always see everything we have done there on Facebook. So if people want to check that out, and then uh, you know, if any advertisers want to talk with me, check cool. me out. Love talk to talk with you. El Paso. Mm-hmm. Talk El Paso. Talk El Paso. Facebook.com slash Talk El Paso. Not Taco El Paso. <laughs> I'm, I've been thinking about doing that. Like once we get this going, maybe starting a talk, like a taco blog, Taco Paso, because <laughs> I, like I think that would be great. So I need, I need to register that too. All Get right. on it. Awesome. Domain names are a pain in the ass. It, well, gosh, I'm are. just like listening here. He has a lot to say. Mm-hmm. I love it. I do get paid to talk, and I'd like to think I'm good at it. <laughs> I think I think people will enjoy this episode. I think so, too. Listen to this episode. Listen to Joey's. Get political. Listen to everybody else's. We've yeah. had, like, so far 27. Yeah, this is 27? our 27th episode, so we'll Woo! have two yeah. more for this season. And this is season number two, so yeah. there's a season one as well. So and There's a season a three coming up. If, if you want us. us to go somewhere, let us know, and we'll get there. Yeah. Um, I suggested to Michelle that we go out to a um, kind of like a fun clubby bar and just get... Wasted you know, get, on get shitty a, shots. Get a little wasted and then just, you know, talk shots. McGoffins all around. Yeah, McGoffins for everybody. All right. Well, we got plenty of places. So if you have a suggestion that we're, we should go. And if you want us to go to your bar, let us know. You can send us an email at InsideTheDrinkerStudio at gmail.com. You can contact yeah. us on Facebook. We're at InsideTheDrinkerStudio. Yeah, you could Instagram. Instagram, send us a photo. Um, Chuko Boss Babes, send us some photos. <laughs> They're pretty great. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Not really, but okay. All right. Thank you for listening. And, and thank uh, you to Andrew for, for doing this. I'm sure that we're going to keep talking and keep drinking. Uh, that sounds like a great plan. Yeah, thank you for Juan having me. Juan is going to take us, uh, some pictures of us over Ooh, here. Hi, Juan. Hi. Producer Juan. Yay, he got here. All righty. 
Anything else? Um, I just want El Paso to know that we love you. We care about you. Definitely. Give you a lot of crap, El Paso, but you're great and you need to know it. Yeah, I give a lot of crap to El Paso, but only because I want the best for Tough it. Tough love. I love being here. You should love being here. Support local. And uh, leave a review on iTunes, on Google Play. Let us let, let people know about us. Download all the episodes. All the episodes, please. And share. Share, like, subscribe. Force your family to watch them. And come to the Black Rock. Tell us what you like. What buy you buy all the beer. <laughs> yeah, buy all the like. I mean, really, come to the Black Orchid Lounge. You can meet me, Michelle, and Juan, and Alex. I'm here sometimes too. Yeah, Andrew's here. So, it's fun. It's fun. All righty. Well, Love thank you. you. Love you. Mean it. Bye. 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 <laughs>